Welcome to the Darkness Dwells Podcast. Welcome to the Darkness Dwells Podcast, episode 108. I am Jason White. I'm Michael Schutz. <laughs> and Michael, you, were, you, were, you said you had a story you wanted to tell me. So... I decided, you know, I've been trying to listen to music when I write lately, you know, so I don't get caught up in my head. And I found this CD in, uh, among <laughs> my collection. It was Liza with a Z, you know, the uh, Liza Minnelli special. So I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> like one of the gayest things that I've ever thought. But so I'm going to listen to Liza with a Z, and I put it in, and, and it starts playing... And the first track is titled Jesus Hitler Driller Killer. <laughs> which I don't know I don't know if that's true because it sounds like one of my extreme horror movie titles got <laughs> mixed up by VLC Media Player because I don't know, did Liza Minnelli record Jesus Hitler Driller Killer? I don't <laughs> know. That's that's a good question. And that's very strange. <laughs> sounds like a really good movie. <laughs> That's some crazy shit there, Michael. Oh. All right, so how you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. Still working on my book. Um, and you and I just had birthdays just a couple couple days apart. Yeah. Uh, we share uh, a timeline with of birthdays with certain people. First, it's my birthday. Then it's your birthday on the yep. on the uh, on the twentieth. And then on the 21st yep. is Stephen King's birthday. King. <laughs> and then apparently yes. on the 22nd it's Brian Keane's birthday. That's crazy. Really? Right? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Brian Keane. That's like a string. Well, obviously we don't really matter. <laughs> but, you know, it's pretty yes, neat. We it's, we it's, are it's, the it's pretty neat regardless, you know. Well, I wonder if it says, you know, if... If one puts any stock in the horoscope and everything, that it would be interesting to find out how many horror writers are, are Virgos. Yeah. So. And if our work it has a certain vibe to it that like Cancer horror writers or Aquarius horror writers don't have. <laughs> so, did you get anything interesting for your birthday? Um. Well, I gifted myself a whole bunch of books. Some are still yet to come, but you can check my Instagram shortly for some pictures. And I bought a pair of shoes that I've wanted forever, and I finally got them. So I'm really excited about that. Sweet. I uh, I got a lot of books, too. I didn't get any shoes, though. <laughs> just just books. Um, the biggest one I got was uh, We Sold Our Souls by Grady Hendrix. And it's a beautiful beautiful hardback copy it's it's one of the most beautiful books i've ever had the pleasure of owning it's really well made i like it It, it's nice to have things like this you know nice books that just look good too yes (laughs) but i also got a whole bunch of used books and uh yeah and uh, i got i I think i still have some on its way too (laughs) so i'm in that boat as well all right, so that's fun. You know, that's interesting what you said because the like the best, uh, like physically the best book that that I own is Clive Barker's Aberat. Mm-hmm. It's just it's incredibly well put together. It's 
It's a lot of art. It's not very long. It's not that thick, but it's the heaviest book. And it's so well done. The binding is so tight. The pages are so thick it's, and rich. They just they really put a lot of effort into making that book. Yeah, and there's a lot of art in the, of Clive Barker's art in there, too, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Um, uh, before we get into what we're doing this episode, I just wanted to mention our sponsors. Uh, we are very happy to be sponsored by Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, Crystal Lake has been publishing since 2012, and they've published the likes of uh, Brian Keane, as we just mentioned, um, uh, Ramsey Campbell, Mercedes M. Yardley, Mark Allen Gunnels, and uh, a Pretty Who's much going to play a part in our show. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, you know, uh, almost every horror writer out there who's uh, you know got a, a name, a weight to their name, has worked with uh, these guys, and they publish mostly short fiction uh, collections and anthologies. But they have recently branched out more into a novel area, uh, and also well, they've always published novellas too. So go to www.crystallakepub dot com and and check out what they've got you're going to be impressed i promise you and uh yeah i can't yeah okay uh the next uh there's a motorcycle there that really kind of threw me off i don't know if it came through <laughs> but it, anyway um we're also happy to be sponsored by audible.com uh go to www.audible dot uh sorry go to www.audibletrial.com slash darkness dwells and sign up for a free month long uh trial membership and with that trial you get any book of your choice um and there's like over 180,000 titles to choose from um i'm gonna choose no one gets out alive by adam neville it's there and it's Ooh. i haven't listened to it yet but uh, I plan to. It looks really good. So uh, that's just my suggestion. Go pick out whatever book you want, and uh, and you won't be you won't be uh, you won't be unhappy that you did so. All right. So Michael, this this episode we had the chance to talk to Mark Allen Gunnels, which was a really really awesome yes. conversation. And uh, so we're gonna. He's a good friend of the show. He is a friend second. of ours. I haven't counted, but I think he's been on the show about four times. It might be three, but I'm pretty sure it's four. And uh, he's always fun to talk to, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking with him. So we're going to just take a quick break, and, and there's no movie this week, or this episode, I should say. Uh, maybe uh, maybe for the next one, but I just wanted to get this one out because Mark has a new book to uh, to promote, and it's always... Uh, it's always I just want to help promoting them, and I want to get this episode out. So, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will be joined by Mr. Mark Allen Gunnels. Stay tuned. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you. Gentlemen, I am pain. Here's Johnny. I see dead people. I 
met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Welcome back. This week we have a really special guest. He's uh, been on the show, I think, about four times now. Uh, Mark, Anil- Mark Allen Gunnels uh, has loved to tell stories since he was a kid, uh, penning one-page tales that were Twilight Zone knockoffs. He likes to think that he's gotten a little better since then. He is author of such collections as Flowers in a Dumpster, Halloween House of Horrors, which is, uh, I'm going to add right here, a personal favorite of mine, uh, Curtain Call, Companions in Ruin, and the novels Fort, uh, The Cult of Ocasta, and Where the Dead Go to Die, the last there, which he co-wrote with Aaron Dries. And these are just the tip of the iceberg that is Mark Allen Gunnels. He's a very prolific writer. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I always have a good time with you guys. Well, now you're a platinum member now that you've come on five times. So. <laughs> well, what do, what do I get? Uh, oh, uh, a free gift gift bag. I got a swag bag for you. Just uh, It's in the mail. It's full oh, of, okay. it's full of thank you notes. <laughs> 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 thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> so well, thank you. So, so you've uh, you've come out with a new collection, and uh, it's called Devi- uh, sorry, Deviations from the Norm, and this is a collection mm-hmm. of novellas, correct? Yes, it's uh, three different novellas. And uh, it was just released yeah. recently, like yesterday, wasn't it? So it's out now. People can go get it. Yeah. The, uh, the digital version, the digital edition, is out on Amazon currently. Excellent. So... Uh, I'm I'm led to believe that you self-published this collection as well. Is this your is this your first go at self-publishing? Um, it's my first serious go at it. I have put out digitally a couple of out of print titles that were originally published by some small press publishers that went out of business. Um, but you know, I just sort of threw those back out there just to keep them on the market. This is the first time I've really. I'm really going full on, you know, and I hire someone to do a cover and um, I'm going to do a paperback version and really going to promote it heavily. So it's, it's what I consider my first serious self-publishing attempt. Excellent. Now, uh, now in releasing this book, um, did you just stick with Kindle or are you going to publish it widely? Right now, I'm just doing it through Amazon. Um, I do have, you know, different kinds of files that I could put in some other places, but right now I'm just going to sort of start with Kindle because it's kind of the easiest to do, and maybe then branch out from there. Excellent. Now, it's it's available as a as an ebook. Everyone should go out and buy this book because uh, I haven't read it yet, but uh, I am going to be reading it very shortly, and I'm always looking forward to new new work by you. Um, but it's only available as an ebook right now. Is there any plans of uh, publishing it in print at all? Uh, definitely, there is going to be a paperback version. I just shortly before we started this interview um, finished uploading the files necessary to Amazon. Um, we were having a couple of problems getting the wraparound cover size just right, mm-hmm. but so those files have been uploaded now. Amazon can take up to 
72 hours to sort of review everything and make sure everything's right. So it is on its way. It's not available as of this recording, but it should be in just a few days. Excellent. And so uh, perhaps by the time this comes out, it, it might come out tonight, it might be like in a couple of days, but um, it will be available look for everyone to, uh, yeah, definitely go look for it. But, you know, I'll put uh, links in the uh, show notes for the the ebook, and Amazon will pair them so they'll be able to make a choice. Yeah. Now, how did you come up with the idea to publish a collection of novellas, to publish three novellas together? Well, I, I write anything. I'll write a novel, a short story, a novella, whatever hits me and I've written several novellas in the past and usually I've had them either published alone through small press or maybe as part of an anthology um, but uh, I, I had two novellas I was trying to figure out what to do with um, a vampire novella I had written and a um, sort of a deal with the devil novella I had co-written with my friend Shane Nelson um, and I was trying to figure out what to do with them, and then I got to thinking, because I also had an idea for sort of a ghost story, and I thought, well, these are three very traditional horror-type tropes, but I feel like I'm doing something original with them, like I could put them together, because I always enjoyed the novella collections that Stephen King put out, and then Joe Hill, Joe Hill recently had put one out, so I thought that would be, you know, a pretty cool idea, um, you know, with the theme being horror tropes, you know, maybe with a fresh twist to them. Now, the ghost uh, novella is not actually in there because it actually went on so long it became a novel, so I put a time travel uh, novella in there too, so it's vampire, time travel, deal with the devil. Okay, so as you, as you just mentioned, you have written in all the different forms, novel, novella, and short story. Do you have a favorite and uh, like a favorite form and how do you know if it's going to be a novel a short story or a novella um my favorite's always going to be the short story i just that's the form i feel like i instinctively understand the best i derive the most pleasure from it um so short stories are always probably going to be my favorite form. I'm never going to give those up. But I do find, you know, there are unique joys to writing a novel, writing a novella, and some ideas just lend themselves to that. Um, as far as, no, I usually know going in how, what kind of legs the idea has. Like, is this something that will sustain a novel? Is this just a short story? Is this a novella? So I'm usually pretty good at just sort of gauging the idea and how long it's going to take. That's not always the case. Like I said, there was a ghost novella I had meant to write for this, but it became a novel, which in some ways I originally conceived it as a novel, decided it was probably going to be more novella, but then I started writing it, and then I'm like, nope, I'm definitely going to need <laughs> longer. So sometimes it surprises you, but usually I have a good idea of what the idea I have what form it's going to need to take. Great. Um, as for these novellas in this collection, are these all the first time that they're coming out? Were any of these previous published? Uh, no, they're all original to this collection. I had not published any of them previously. Um, I, had shopped, I had shopped the collection around to a few publishers, but uh, 
wasn't um i met with some difficulties for different reasons at different publishers so um this will be the first time they're available excellent i uh, i like that idea because uh uh you know it's like uh entering a new story you know by mark allen gunnels rather than something that you may have read in a magazine or something so that's 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 really cool um can you tell us a little bit about the stories within just maybe like brief synopsis of uh of each story um sure uh the first novella in there is called the unholy eucharist it's my my take on the vampire legend and um it is uh it's sort of episodic in nature um it it hits on a lot of different time periods throughout history i did more research for this one than probably anything i'd ever done before just you know sort of picking a time researching that time where it was set um sort of as i went along instead of doing a big chunk it's like i write this chunk okay what time period am i going to next do some research on that write that chunk um and it, it basically gives an origin story for the vampires that i have created yeah. um and then my my time travel uh novella is called chronos um and it is about a brilliant scientist who you know actually finds a way to break the barriers of time and create sort of a time machine and he's going to go public with it but before he does he wants to take a trip himself to the past to try to save someone close to him um and as you can imagine there are unforeseen consequences to that <laughs> and um it ends with my uh, the novella the price of success which i wrote with my canadian friend shane nelson and it's about two friends who are both writers one of them much more successful than the other so the less successful one is just sort of eaten up with envy and jealousy and ends up making a deal with a devilish type entity um to affect the fate of both his friend and himself and uh things don't go exactly the way he plans so then he has to figure a way out of it awesome uh it seemed like you were uh I'm, I'm sure you're proud of all three stories but it seemed like you were kind of proud with all the research you put into the vampire story um i am i don't do a lot of stories set in the past um not because i'm necessarily against them i love to read them it's just not the kind of ideas that usually come to me so it was a little daunting when i first had the idea but <laughs> it was kind of fun and i like I like doing the research episodically instead of all at once. It so then I could, you know, sort of do this research and then get into the writing, which is the part I love. And then when I get in with that section because of the episodic nature of the story, I could wait until I got done with that and then do my next chunk of research. Excellent. Uh, I saw the uh uh the cover art um really blew me away. And so I had to ask you a question about it. Who did you work with? on that and and how did the relationship uh, go his uh his name is don noble and i actually found him because i have a friend a writer named brian knight um i don't know if you all are familiar with his work but it's excellent but um he's recently been self-publishing a lot of his back titles that had gone out of print mm -hmm. and so you know i asked him some advice he helped me with the formatting and everything and I asked him, you know, who do you use for your covers? He put me in touch with uh, Don, whose rates were very reasonable. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you know, we talked about it, and uh, he made he 
showed me some ideas. He tweaked them a little based on the stories in my in the collection, and um, I think he came up with something very striking and and very eye catching. I, I'm very happy with it, and we worked really well together. He was really open to what I had to say, willing to make some changes. He was very helpful in this, you know, trying to get it sized right for Amazon, which was more difficult than I anticipated, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm very happy with what he did, and, and we work together very well. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, it's good to have a good cover, because, you know, the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, well, <laughs> most people do, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, did you hire an editor for this, and if so, who, who did you uh, work with on that? Um, I sort of just put out a call <laughs> on Facebook mm -hmm. um, asking, you know, for anyone who might be able to help. And um, um, a Facebook friend named uh, Sean O'Kane, who um, is the publisher and editor for a um, literary journal called Plots with Guns, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, he... He told me he would be willing to help, and, you know, he went through it, gave me a lot of notes, found a lot of really stupid mistakes that I knew would be in there that I yeah. knew I wouldn't see because I'm always just going to see what I meant to put. Um, and, you know, and he, he was instrumental in some, you know, very basic stuff like, you know, it's almost embarrassing to admit things like, you know, you have them driving like a 1994 type of this car and they didn't make this car in 1994 <laughs> and I'm yeah, like yeah. okay well that's that's good to know and uh, but you know and he gave me some notes on you know this doesn't really make sense or the language here is a little off-putting because it doesn't go with this part you know so he gave me a lot of really good notes and I was very grateful for that because I definitely did not want to put it out there without having that objective editorial eye go through it yeah, uh, that's one reason why I bring this up, because there's a lot of, there's still controversy in, in regards to self-publishing. I'm honestly very for it. I think it's it's a great way of expanding how we consume literature, but there's some people who might take advantage of it and not go through this process, and uh, I just want to clear people's heads that this is, you know, a professional piece, and, uh, and you know, you can always count on... Mark <laughs> you always bring like uh, really good stories to the sto to the fore. Well, I I try, and you know I just felt like, you know I I've been publishing in the small press for about ten years now, and um, and I just you know I really believed in this collection, and I I could have sort of torn it apart and tried to sell the novellas individually, perhaps, but I liked them together. I like thematically. I liked the the title I had come up for it, and I had I was originally writing it for a publisher back when it was going to be the vampire um, deal with the devil and ghost story. Mm -hmm. um, but when the ghost story became a novel, I realized I had the time travel novella that was supposed to be published elsewhere, but that fell through. So I put that in there. So I ended up sending that publisher two manuscripts: the novella collection and the novel. Unfortunately, they only had room for one, and they wanted uh, the novel because they were already doing a collection with me. Um, so then I, you know, I tried it a few other places, and for different reasons. And a lot of the publishers I've worked with in the past aren't currently open for new submissions. So I thought, well, I believe in it. I've 
I've been around for a little while. I'm just going to go for it and sort of put this thing out myself. But like I said, I definitely wanted to make sure it had an editorial eye, that I got a professional cover, and, you know, really made it look as professional as possible. That's uh, that's awesome. I mean, it looks beautiful. And uh, I, I, uh, I must thank you for the... Uh, uh, the copy that you supplied both Michael and I, uh, I was reading a couple of pages from the first story and, uh, you know, it just felt like, you know, oh, this is a Mark Allen Gunnell story, you know, I just falling right into it. <laughs> and, uh, do you ever hear that like from other people? Because like, I, I'm a fan of yours. I'll admit it. Well, <laughs> first of all, thank you very much. That's always nice to hear. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, I hear that sometimes, and I feel like, you know, I guess in some ways it's hard for me to be very objective about my own work. Um, I guess, I mean, to me, it's always going to feel like one of my stories because I spent all that time on it, but I don't often think of, like, my distinctive voice. I just sort of, I do have a style, I do have a approach but um, it's nice to hear back from other people that they recognize certain things in a positive way about my work. Um, and because I feel like even though I may branch out and try different things, at the core, it's still my storytelling. So whether it's, you know, supernatural horror or a psychological suspense or even the times I've veered off into, you know, more mainstream or even the time I did a romance, like still at the core, it's still my storytelling that I want to come forward and be distinctive so it's nice to know that some people do recognize that yeah when I'm a really fan of your uh, of your short fiction because um, when you put together a collection of short stories you always mix it up you have the really dark fucking twisted stories and that you mix it up with these light-hearted tales that make you go oh man that's so you know like that touched me in a good way um, is that something you do consciously? I think I've asked this before, but I can't remember the answer. Is that no. something you do consciously when you're compiling uh, a collection of short stories? I I do it consciously in that I don't consciously try to avoid it. Um, there's different schools of thought. I know there's some writers who feel like, you know, all the stories in a collection should be very similar in tone. I do not have that particular feeling. Um, I actually like a collection to be, and I say this as a reader and a writer, I like a collection to be very eclectic. I want to see the full range of what a writer is capable of. Um, and I like to get a sampling, because often when I try a new writer, if they have a collection, I like to start with that first, because I'm going to see a lot of different things they can do. And so when I'm putting together a collection, I'm not worried about this one's horror, and then this one's not, and then this one is very dark, and then this one is, you know, humorous, because, you know, my fiction is all those things, so I'm, I like it to be sort of a smorgasbord for the reader to take in all those different things, so, you know, once I'm done and I've sort of put the table of contents together, I'll look back at it, and I might think, like, huh, so this really depraved sexual story <laughs> right next to this light-hearted story of a young boy. But, um, <laughs> but you know, those are both in my repertoire, and I, I want a reader to see all the different things that I'm capable of. And I know, as a reader, that's what I love, too, is uh, 
it's all the, the differences like that. Kind of like the peaks and valleys, too, because it, it plays with a reader's emotions, you know, um, keeps them kind of backpedaling, and they don't know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I definitely like that, too. And I've said it a lot, and and it's true. You're, you're pretty prolific. Um, do you know how many short stories you've uh, written? And uh, how many short stories have you published um short stories themselves or short story collections uh just like single uh, short stories how many <laughs> um god i'm not really sure i started publishing short stories um long before i started publishing you know books or anything um now a lot of this was in very small um you know e-zines and magazines that have long since gone out of print um and then gradually i sort of worked my way up into a little more prestigious publications and you know i've been in several anthologies so i really couldn't say um like i said a lot of i've published a lot of them between 2004 and 2009 which is when i published my first book but like i said they are mostly in markets that you would never have seen or will never find, but um, <laughs> some of them have popped back up in my collections over the years. Do you find uh, uh, that you make a, f you know, a decent amount of money uh, with your books and uh, sales of short stories? I ask this because I know, at least when I was talking to you, I think it was last year, I know that you were working at the time. Uh, do you see yourself going, you know, writing full-time anytime in the future? Um, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> it's, it's still a nice dream, but, um, and you know, how much I make can, it can really vary. <laughs> I mean, there are some time, there are some years where it's very little. Um, this year is a little better because of some higher profile publishers I worked with. Um, but even then it's nowhere near anything that I could like live off of. So it's, Right now, it's still just the money I make off of this is still just gravy on top of what I'm already making at my day job. Yeah. But um, but you know, and you know, I I would love to one day be able to publish and write and have that be my living. But ultimately, that's not my main goal. My main goal is just to continue loving it and having fun with it and finding homes for my stuff and then. What I make off of it, like I said, is just sort of the gravy on top of, of that. Um, but I'm going to continue to try to get better and try to get some higher profile public, you know, publications out. So I'm working toward that goal while it's still just my main focus is just enjoying what I'm doing. Well, we're going to help you try to help you get there. <laughs> Uh, there's a reason. There's a reason why I asked that, though, because you know, um, making money in this, you often put it end up putting it back into uh, marketing and plan release collection. Um, my marketing plan is basically just to beg the people I know <laughs> to uh, help me out. Now, it does help that I've worked with publishers um, like Crystal Lake Publishing and Apex Publishing are two that come to mind that are really aggressive in their promotion and through them I have 
made some connections with people that have podcasts like this and and blogs so that I can, you know, sort of go back to them when I have something else out like this and say, you know, hey, you know, would you be able to fit me in sometime? Um, So I'm doing some of that, you know, setting up some of these type interviews. I already have some guest blogs set up that I'm going to write. And um, I, you know, have a lot of writer friends who said they're going to help me, you know, get the links out. It's always good when you can connect with other writers because I can post it on my page a million times, but the same people are just going to see it every time. Yeah. Whereas when you have like other writers who help you out and you help them out, then, you know, some of their readers who aren't familiar with me will get to see it that way. And some of my readers who might not be familiar with them will see their stuff when I post it on my page. So, you know, that's my main thing is taking the connections I've made um, and sort of utilizing that to try to spread the word as far as I can. That's excellent. Um, have you ever tried anything like paid ads, sort of like uh, Facebook ads or Amazon ads? But Amazon ads, I wouldn't blame you for having never done because they're very <laughs> expensive. But <laughs> but have you ever tried anything like that at all? I have not currently, but I've sort of been looking into it for this, particularly with the Facebook ads, because I will say when people I know have paid for those Facebook ads, I see them like a million times. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like <laughs> they, they definitely push those out into your feed. So I know it, it gets you visibility. It's, um, it's also relatively I, cheap I do, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I do wonder, you know, to me, it doesn't bother me, but I know some people can get very sensitive. I'm like, will the visibility get to a point where, people start thinking it's obnoxious like oh my god it's that damn ad again yeah well you do have control but, uh, over that though um the, it's basically the more money you pour into it so let's just say i only put in when i do them um like 10 bucks or maybe 15 at the most but if you were to put like 50 or 100 dollars into it then it would become obnoxious but when i put my little ads out you know only about a thousand people see it and uh, who knows how many yeah. of those are doubles but <laughs> But, yeah. you know, it does make a bit of a difference. Yeah, I, I do think I'm going to try that. Because, like I said, I have definitely noticed, I mean, those things really do push out the visibility. So, I, I think I, I'm going to at least try the Facebook one. Amazon, I'm a little more iffy on. Yeah, the, that can You'll have to get thousands. back to how well that worked. Yeah, and the Amazon... Uh, I'll definitely let you all know how it goes. The Amazon ads actually can cost thousands of dollars, so yeah, you'd have to be making good money in order to uh, to utilize that. However, having said that, I've heard that um, the return on that is pretty big. So, like, most people who use it... who, who People like you who would have a long tail of published works... Um, might benefit off something like that more, but then again, it's getting that kind of money, right? <laughs> yeah. You need to spend that kind of money to make that kind of money. It's <laughs> it's like the... It's, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like the system is against the, uh, the writer trying to make it. <laughs> there's, there's also uh, an attitude within the writing community, a sort of like uh, exclusive artist attitude where actually making money in this game is kind of looked down upon do you uh do you have any feelings in regards to that um i mean i certainly don't think that 
I I do think it can be sort of about your perspective because I do see that. I do also see the reverse sometimes where I feel like people put too much focus on the value of my work is only measured by how much money I've made. Therefore, if I wrote this thing that I loved and then it didn't make much money, then I, I don't love it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really think there's a balance that needs to be struck. Like, I want to make money. I also want to just love my work for the, in, the inherent value it has to me. So, you know, I, I do think there's a balance. Like, there's definitely nothing wrong with money. <laughs> Everybody needs it. I yeah. want to make as much as I can from my writing without, you know, compromising the integrity I have for what I'm doing. But I never want it to get to where that's more important to me than how much fun it is for me to do this. So I try to strike that balance. And because my thing has always been, you know, there are different ways to get paid because, I mean, it's odd as it sounds i'm sure there will be much judgment from from the world but like sometimes just for fun like i'll i'll write some fan fiction yeah i'm never going to make any money off that obviously that's done my payment for that is just the joy yeah <laughs> i get and you know that's that to me that's not some people might think that's wasted time to me it's, it's not. not because no. i had a, a lot of fun and you and know any time spent writing isn't a waste. No, because really, at least you're getting practice, right? But, you know, yeah. now I'm curious. <laughs> what kind of fan fiction do you write? Um, well, uh, I, there was a time where I did a ton of Buffy the Vampire I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, though. I did a ton. I love Buffy. Some, I mean, I did, I did, like, some historical that I did some research for. <laughs> That, um, you know, just because I thought it would be fun, and I did some of that, and I mean, I have a bunch of odd, like, I have weird, twisted versions of like Charlie Brown and <laughs> Snow White and the and the Seven Dwarfs, and then I did some Halloween fan fiction. I'm planning to do some Halloween fan fiction next month because I had an idea <laughs> for a story based around Halloween and the. Uh, I won't bore you with the details, but you know, so I do some of that, and uh, I have like a weird superhero fan fiction I did, um, where I'm sort of poking fun. I mean, I'm poking fun at the comics world because you know I've definitely shared in the comic geekdom, so I'm making fun of myself too. But <laughs> a little superhero story called Fat Virgins. But um, so you know, I I'll, I'll just do. Whatever I keep mean, I have ideas for like Nightmare on Elm Street fan fiction that I haven't written yet. That'd be but, fun. Um, <laughs> I I want to read some of the Charlie Brown fan fiction. I've never heard of. Well, I wrote one called. Um, it's like a weird, twisted revenge story called "I Got a Rock for You," <laughs> about him going around on Halloween night and getting revenge from all those adults who put a rock in. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. His back, so that's awesome. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I put a lot of these up. There's like a fanfiction.net site, I think it is, but um, I, I put them up on there just because you know they're fun and they've been up there forever. And every now and again, I still get like a notification, like someone 
like that story. And I'm like, oh, that story I put up in like 2008. So <laughs> somebody's still reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have uh, one more question before we let you go. And it is in regards to Halloween. And I've, I've pumped Halloween House of Horrors a lot because it's one of my favorite Halloween collections. And uh, I'm going to be pumping it again, actually, on my uh, YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel called uh, Jason's Weird Reads, um, where I basically talk about books. Like, all books, not just horror. I talk about, like, science fiction. And that, that's the reason why I've kind of branched out doing that, so I could talk about all the things I read. But, uh, yeah, I want to do, like, a Halloween special where I'm talking about collections, and I was going to do one on your book. But I know that you like to... Uh, you have that's not your only collection you have uh, a few others and i know that you write halloween fiction at this time of year or at least you start in october have you started that at all yet um not quite yet although i do have several ideas in place for the ones i want to do i it's just a tradition every october i sort of put aside whatever i'm doing and i only write halloween short stories um and therefore, I do have a couple of Halloween collections. Halloween House of Horrors is the longest one, and some Halloween novellas that have been published. But um, I definitely I have the the fan fiction idea, and then a couple of others um, that I definitely will be getting to next month because it's just what I do. I, I'm a I'm still a complete freak for Halloween, the season, the holiday. So. I'm always going to be writing Halloween stories, and and I, I look for Halloween themed stuff to read in October. I, I just like to immerse myself in it. Yeah, it is uh, the the horror fiction, you know, writer and readers Christmas really Halloween. So it is. That's it what is. I look forward to. <laughs> it's the one time of year where it's acceptable for everyone else to sort of love the thing that we yeah. love all the time, and so yeah. it's normal. And yeah. suddenly you don't feel like such a yeah. freak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just like I like when horror is in. I mean, you know, in I mean, you you know, having read Halloween House of Horrors, there's actually some stories in there that aren't horror at all. Yeah, they're just you know, sort of stories that happen to take place at Halloween. But I mean, you know, I I do sort of get into the horrorness of it just because I love horror. I'll never make excuses or be ashamed of it. And that one time of year, it's like the whole world. Whereas any other time, they may be like, oh, you're like a 44-year-old man who's still into horror. That's odd. <laughs> but on, in October, it's just like, okay, well, we're into it, too, right now. Yeah. So I, I like that. Yeah, me too. They're like, Who, who's that horror writer guy that you know? Call him up. It's Halloween. Invite him over. When you tell people that... When you tell people that you write horror, do you see their eyes glaze over and, and the interest suddenly fade? <laughs> um... You know, sometimes I get that because, you know, I, I've almost become wary because when I tell people I write and they'll say, oh, well, what kind of stuff do you write? And then I'll say horror. And sometimes they're OK, but um, this is just a quick, odd little story. I my my husband is a Buddhist. Oh, and yeah. Cool. We had we had. Yeah, we had went to a, a local like Buddhist temple and where they had a couple of um, Bikunis, which are like the female version of the monks like the I guess Buddhist nuns you would say mm -hmm. and um, I had never met them before he already knew them because you know he he's a Buddhist but um, we uh, we were talking with them and he had mentioned something to them about how I wrote and they asked what I 
And I mean, lovely ladies. Couldn't be lovelier. But when they, they asked me what I wrote and I said horror, there was like a weird, awkward silence that followed. <laughs> yeah. And like where you could tell they really didn't know where to go with that. <laughs> and and then I, th- I was thinking, oh, I'm just, this is in my head. It's There's not really an awkward silence. But um, but then we left and he was like, what about that awkward silence I've used in your book more? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. Yeah. It's not everyone's thing, but you no. know. Well, Michael and I. I think horror. Yes. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say horror is. I mean, I love it, and I don't think it deserves the reputation that it sometimes has in some circles. It can be just as quality, just as intellectual, just as thought provoking as anything else. So I'm yeah. happy to always spread the, you know, positivity about horror. I was just going to say that Laird or um, Michael and I were talking to Laird Barron uh, also about a year ago, and uh, we were talking about this very thing, and that's sort of why I brought it up, um, because for some reason it just popped in my head. When you're talking to people, this is what he was saying, when you're talking to people and they ask, well, what do you do? And he was like, well, I'm a writer. And they'd be like, well, what do you write? And he said he had one of two answers. Um, uh, he said, I, I write horror. And... Uh, and you'd see that glaze come over their eyes and the interest sort of fade. But if he said he wrote crime fiction, which he also writes, so if he said he was a crime fiction writer, they'd immediately get interested again and, and ask him questions and stuff like that. So, you know, you just got to wonder why horror has its, uh, you know, this terrible image <laughs> when really it, it shouldn't. Yeah, uh, there's way too much focus on the... Um the genre labeling i think because you it may be a book that you would you like but if it's called crime then it's okay but if it's called horror then it's not but really it's just the same material so i feel like people like if somebody tells me oh i don't like this genre but then i may be able to find several things that encompass that genre that they like but they just think of it as another genre. So I'm like, so it's not really the material, it's just the label that you don't like. Sort of like Silence of the Lambs, which, you know, won the big five Oscars, but, I mean, it's clearly, it's a a horror movie. Yeah. It's just kind of spiffied up a little bit, but, I mean, that's horror. Yeah. It's interesting, because I told you I did write something that was sort of labeled as romance. Like, it it was a suspense novel, but it did have a lot of romance in it, and it was sort of marketed as a romance. And then I had people who said they weren't going to read it because it was romance. I did point out a lot of my horror novels that you like are full of romance. Like, really, they have just as much romance as this book. But, you know, their thing was like, yeah, well, that's not labeled romance. So I'm like, really, it's the same stuff in it. It's <laughs> yeah. the label they find. Like, oh, I can't do that if it's labeled that, and the cover looks too romancy. So, <laughs> romance. you know. Yeah. <laughs> you got, like, the big buff guy and, and the woman who's, like, pawing at his chest. <laughs> well, it, it didn't quite go that Harlequin, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it uh... They definitely went with the more romance feel than the suspense feel for for that one. (laughs) All right. Uh, Do you have any more questions, Michael? Um, Yeah. I'm just wondering, as uh, as you continue, how do you feel about this self-publishing? Do you think you're going to 
self-publish some more? Well, I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out sales-wise, but I've definitely enjoyed the process. Um, and I, I, I probably got really... I've been toying with doing it anyway, but I had recently read The, read the Martian by Andy Weir. Yeah. And, and had read his whole story and how that book started, and it was just something he put up for free on his website, and then he decided to put it on Amazon for 99 cents. And I thought, you know, not that I think I'm going to have a success story like that, but I was, I was moved by the passion he had for what he was doing and just for the love of the story. And I thought, you know, I have these, this novella collection. I love it. I want to get it out there. I, I can't find a publisher that's open right now that, you know, is interested in it. So why do I have to wait? I can just get it out there. Like I said, you, you want to make sure you're doing it as professional as possible. But I've definitely enjoyed the process. I love having it out there now um and i i mean i i definitely feel like especially now that i know a little bit of what it takes to get it out there i definitely think i could see myself doing it again i i love working with publishers and i'll keep doing that but i i could see me putting out a few more things that maybe aren't right for any publishers at the time maybe i could just take them directly to the reader and speaking of that, are you working on anything new? What can your fans expect in the in the future? Well, um, next year I have two books coming out with Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, early in the year, they're going to release a collection of mine called Bookhaven and Other Curiosities, hmm. um, and that is it's a, there's a ton of short stories in that one. There's one novella and then just a truckload of short stories so i'm really excited about that one and then later in the year they're going to release my novel 324 abercorn which is my take on the uh, haunted house genre um set in savannah georgia and uh so i'm very excited about those i have been i i finished a novel maybe beginning of the summer and um, I decided that for the rest of the year I was going to just do nothing but short stories because I felt like I hadn't really devoted time just to short stories in a while. They had become the things I did and fit in between longer projects. So from now until the end of the year, I'm just doing short story after short story, and I'm absolutely loving it. Well, that's fun. And probably right in the middle of a short story, you'll get an idea for a novel. Well, I, I mean, I do have a couple, but I, I'm, I've determined those I will focus on. I actually had a few novel ideas, but I couldn't decide. None, none of them were calling out and saying, I'm the next thing you need to write. And then I realized I, sh I should focus on short stories. So I'm committed to for the rest of this year. I'm just doing this because I have a ton of short story ideas. So, I mean, I've written some short stories in the last couple of months that... I've been carrying the ideas around literally for years. I just hadn't gotten to them. So it's, it's exciting to finally, you know, have them out on the page. Well, we can't wait to read them. So. Well, you guys are much too kind. No, we're sincere. Uh, we're both uh, big fans of yours. Well, thank you. Well, I think, I think that's it. If you're done, Michael. Yes. I'm tapped out. 
<laughs> All right, before we go, uh, I, I, I want to get reading now. It's, it's okay. time to start reading this uh, this new collection, which Mark was very kind to send my way. Wow, I, I appreciate you guys helping me out. Yeah, no problem. Um, can you, uh, before we go, where can uh, listeners find you online if uh, if they want to get a hold of you at all? Um, well, I, I have a Facebook page that's just open to everyone. I post on a lot. I have a Twitter, um, at Mark A. Gunnels. Um, I also have a blog, markgunnels.livejournal.com, I think it is, um, that I... I post that periodically. I also do a lot of um, interviews with other writers that I put up on there um, because I enjoy sort of talking with other writers too. And uh, those are the primary places um, that you'll be able to find me. And I have my own Amazon author page if you just want to check out what I have out there. And it's a lot. (laughs) I've been lucky. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for being on the show again. Um, you're always welcome on any time that you have something you want to uh, that you want to uh, promote. Just hit us up, and we'll have you on. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Mark. Always a good time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy writing. Th- thank you, and happy writing with you all too. Thank you. Have you checked the children? Have you checked the children? The dead will walk here. I am Dracula. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Okay, so that, that was a lot of fun talking with Mark again. I always en- enjoy him, and he's so prolific that every time we talk to him, he has about a dozen dozen new books <laughs> that, that have come out. Which, <laughs> and he, he always has a list of books that's that are coming out too. Like, so what do you, what's coming out soon oh, that readers God. can look forward to? And he's like, well. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could write that much. I uh, I actually just asked him. I, I just messaged him. How do you write so much? I'm gonna. I need the insider tip so that I can. I can finish this novel I'm on and, and start publishing more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can do so many different ways. We have Facebook pages and gr- a group. Um, 
We have a Twitter account. The handle for that is at darkdweller74. And you can send us an email, which is at dark, uh, sorry, darknessdwells at mail.com. And there's a website you can visit, which is uh, www.wheredarknessdwells.com. And uh, I think that's it for this uh, episode. Uh, we uh, we have a few things in the in the can that we're hoping to get to, and uh, so stay tuned, and we will catch you next time. Stay dark, my friends. Stay dark indeed.